So this morning, we're going to hear from four different individuals. Uh, for anyone that is new to Hillcrest, we're uh, in the midst of a series, a summer uh, sermon series called Shalom. And we're, we're talking about different expressions of Shalom. And this morning, um, we've entitled our service Stories of Shalom. Because we really believe that God is at work in our congregation. And one of the greatest ways that we can learn from each other is to hear stories of how God's working in our lives. One of the things you might notice about scripture when you read it is that when Jesus was oftentimes, if not most of the time, asked a question, he would typically respond by telling a story. And this morning, as we um, continue in this series, we're going to hear from four incredible people that have four very different stories of four very different ways that God is at work in their life. The way he's changing them, the way his shalom, his peace, is taking over their life and helping them to to see him in new and powerful ways. Um, Kayla Scott, or Kayla Scott, wow! Sorry, Kayla, Kayla Groff. Sorry, Kayla used to be Kayla Scott back when she was in middle school and high school, but now she's Kayla Groff. So Kayla, why don't you come up, and Kayla's going to be the first person that's going to share... Um, a little bit about the way the Lord has been working in her life, the way his peace has been invading her life. Um, and, and as the four different individuals share, I want to encourage you to just ask the Lord to give you a word from each of these stories or maybe a sentence or something that you can jot down that gets your attention because the purpose in Kayla being here and our other story, people telling stories is not just so that we can take up time, but so that you can be inspired by their words. Just like people were inspired by God's words when he spoke them to us, Kayla and our other um, people, individuals, they're going to share stories that God's going to speak through them to you and to me. And so I would just encourage you, however you take notes, to take some notes, jot some things down as God speaks to you about his peace. So Kayla, as you um, talk about peace with God this morning, can you talk a little bit about the journey that that you've been on with the Lord and um, really what it was like um, leading up to um, kind of the big news that you got not too long ago? Okay. Um, So I'm going to kind of go back. In May of 2014, um, I got pregnant with my first kid, my husband and I did. And um, so by the time February of this year rolled around, I was very, very pregnant. And my husband and I had decided that I was going to quit my job so I could be a full-time mom and also decided to move that month before the baby got there. So about a month after we moved, um, I went into labor and had a really good, healthy delivery, healthy baby. Um, And we were kind of going through the motions of learning to be new parents, no sleep, um, and my hormones were crazy and all that kind of stuff. And uh, about eight days after I had James, uh, it was the 27th of February, I had chest pains in the middle of the night, and um, they wouldn't go away. And so we called my OB, and he told me to go into the hospital because it could be a blood clot in my lungs, and they just want to make sure everything's okay. So um, we got there in the morning. We'd only brought a couple bottles. We were expecting to be there for like a couple hours while they did tests. Um, They ran a CT of my chest and um, did a chest x-ray. And uh, the doctor came in and said, well, the good news is you don't have a blood clot, um, but we weren't expecting to find two uh, tennis ball-sized masses in between your lungs that are characteristic of uh, lymphoma or leukemia. And so I spent the next about uh, four days in the hospital um, doing all kinds of tests and all that kind of thing. And about um, 
Then a week after that, I was officially diagnosed with stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma. So um, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and so, Kayla, can you talk about from that point forward what your relationship with the Lord has been like? Like what, you know, we talk about God's peace. Mm -hmm. When you find, a, find out a week after you have your first baby that you have cancer, mm -hmm. maybe the last thing people might think about is peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk about talk about that a little bit. Okay. So um, before I got diagnosed, I had been um, struggling probably for I would say uh, two years, maybe more than that, with really doubting God's goodness. I was struggling with a couple key passages in Scripture that I just um, couldn't wrap my mind around, having to do with God's sovereignty and um, where our responsibility lies in that, and it was just um, really a huge struggle for me. And um, I was really doubting my salvation. I was really doubting whether or not I was really even a Christian or if I just thought I was. And um, um, just really struggling with God. Did, did he even care? Did he love me? Did he even save me? And um, so when I got cancer, you'd think that I would already doubting God's goodness then think, okay, this officially means that God, you know, does not care um, about my life. Um, but... It was kind of, when I got to that point, it was kind of like Peter, um, when all the disciples were leaving Jesus, and Jesus said, will you leave me too? And Peter said, um, to whom, Lord, will we go? And uh, I kind of didn't have any choice but to fall back on Christ, because at that point, I didn't know whether my life was going to be, uh, you know, a year or 50 more years or 100 more years or whatever. Uh, not 100 more years. That would, <laughs> that would be, anyway, um, so... So after that, um, I remember one night, it was a couple nights after I had been, um, had the surgery, the biopsy to find out that my tumors were malignant and um, I was crying, having emotional breakdown um, with my husband at my parents' house and my mom handed me this card um, that one of her friends had given her to give to me and on the front was a verse from Isaiah and the first two lines on it were, I have chosen you and not rejected you. And it went on to say, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm here with you, so do not fear. I will strengthen you and help you. And it was just, but those first two lines, I've chosen you and not rejected you. It was like, I'd been struggling two years with, did God save me? And that was like, finally something clicked. And I just knew that he was with me. And it didn't matter if, if he chose to heal me or if he didn't. Um, it, all that mattered is I was with him. And so it didn't that was okay. And I was okay. And, um, I just had a ton of peace with him after that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and so Kayla, one of the things we've been talking about with Shalom is that like when, when God's peace comes into our life, there's mm -hmm. like this universe, you know, we call it universal flourishing or God mm -hmm. called it that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that our lives flourish. Like when, when God's peace gets a hold of our life, we live into what we're created to be. And that's his sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. um, any last words on, on how you feel like your life is flourishing now? Because mm -hmm. you still you still are you still have treatments, so yes. it's not it's not as if you've been given like a like hey the cancer's gone and mm -hmm. I mean you still you're still going through the treatments. Good mm -hmm. signs so far, yeah. but like how has your life flourished since you got that news? Um, uh, my peace has flourished weirdly. Uh, I just I have this. Now I just trust in the Lord, and I'm um, just feel like I, I. My message, I guess, from now on has really been: examine your heart. Like, are you really a Christian? Do you really know the Lord? Because how sad would it be for one day for you to get 
news that you have cancer or get in a car crash and die and find out that all this time you're proclaiming um, Lord, Lord, um, and find out that you really didn't know him. You didn't, and he didn't know you. And um, come to peace with that, and then it's easier. It's easier to talk to people about the Lord. It's easier to pray. It's easier to be in the Word because you know that um, he is with you, and you know him, and he knows you. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing with us, Kayla. And I'm going to pass the baton to Barb Reeves, who's going to share with us now. Good morning. My peace is peace with myself. And 25 years ago, this weekend, is when my journey actually really took hold. Um, I have a short verse I want to read. Job 10.12, you gave me life and showed me kindness, and in your care, you watched over my life. And that's been so true for me. I, too, became a Christian at age 28, but I wasn't living the kind of life I was supposed to live. I went to Bible study. I looked great on the outside. I went to church. I even volunteered at church, but I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. I tried to manage everything on my own. And I will tell you that did not work well. Um, I had a secret, and I tried to hide it from people. And the more I tried to hide it, the more it came out. And I had alcoholism. I was a blackout drinker. I tried to hide it. I tried to manage it. I tried to control it, and it controlled me. I felt isolated, lonely, ashamed and afraid. Every once in a while I would pray to God to get me out of the mess I was in, but I didn't really take any steps to do anything about it. I had some people, though, in my life that I know were praying for me, and I believe today that is really what healed me. The perfect storm occurred 25 years ago this weekend. I had felt very sorry for myself because I had pretty much sabotaged my life. I had let alcohol control me so much that I had moved out of my house. I had left the care of my four children to my husband. Finally, some people really recognized that I needed help. They helped me get to treatment. And there, in a little chapel in Boonville, Missouri, I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're there, which I knew he was, Help me. A really simple little prayer. And after that, baby steps started to occur. I didn't have a big burning bush. I didn't have any huge signs. But I started to learn a different way to live. And it started out with prayer and meditation in the morning and staying in the Word and learning and then applying it. And that's the part that I'd miss. Somehow I missed that. So... Um, it was a slow process, I will tell you that. I found a support group of people who would help me. I became involved in church. I had lost the ability to spell and had had some brain damage by the time I got to treatment. So I came out, went to work, got fired from my first job. And the lady was so kind to me, she goes, this isn't working for you. Why don't you go to work in a bank or for an insurance company? It's a slower pace. 
So I went to work in a bank as a receptionist, and I could handle that. And I believe that God uses us exactly where we are. I don't know why everything happened. I just know that it made me a better person. I learned to pray for willingness to be open to change and not to be so stubborn. Others lifted me up. They continued to lift me up in prayer, and they gave me hope. I needed other people. I had to ask for help. So I learned gratitude for people that were helping me. I learned to be thankful for everything that I had. And being thankful, even in rough circumstances, is, I believe, what healed me. Slowly, my life began to get better. God placed me in an organization down the street called Heart to Heart International. For five years, I worked there with other Christians, and I believe that was a huge healing in my life. After that, I went back to school. I got my master's degree, which from having brain damage to doing that is absolutely a miracle. I had some bumps along the way, and I can remember sitting in a support group meeting with a lady. I'd never seen her before. She was probably an angel. Her name was Marge. And I heard her say, you know, why don't you just give up? Just surrender. It's not so hard. And she made this statement to me, and it's always stuck with me. She said, get off the cross. We need the wood. (laughs) Somehow in my thick-headedness, that really spoke to my heart. I had been so bound up in self-pity and feeling sorry for myself that it was uh, inhibiting my progress. So last year, my son graduated, and they had this big ceremony, and he got up to speak, and he said, I want to start with my mom, and I thought, oh. And he said, I learned from my mom to never give up. He said, I learned from my mom that you can change. And, you know, that struck me because I didn't think I could change. But with God and other people's help, I could change. So God gave me a career of service and helping other people. He gave me reconstruction with my children. It was not easy. It's taken a long time. My son was 15 when this all started, and it's been 25 years. Day by day, it gets better and better. I have a great relationship with my grandchildren, and more self-respect. So I got peace of mind through reaching out and helping others. Matthew 9, 12 says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Well, I'm Adam McClun, and uh, I am uh, sharing a story of creation, and I've uh, really enjoyed the series that we've done on Shalom these last few weeks uh, at Hillcrest, and I know for me personally, it's been uh, encouraging to hear the different ways that uh, Shalom is seen in our lives, in our communities, and also just the richness of the word Shalom. Um, I think oftentimes we just, it gets translated to peace in English, and that is definitely a part of shalom, but also the, the depth of the word as well, um, it, meaning fullness and wholeness and uh, completeness and ultimately bringing right relationship between um, ourself and God, ourself and others, and oftentimes within ourself uh, inside as well. And uh, just a reminder that God alone 
is the sole uh, source of ultimate peace. Um, and so a story that I have is actually one um, from a nonprofit that I had the privilege to serve with uh, in Chicago. It was called Christ Together. And um, it started uh, several years ago uh, by God's Spirit moving in that community and bringing together churches. And interesting enough, it actually brought together uh, churches that um, had, had predominantly been white churches that uh, moved out to the suburbs, um, as much of the population did in Chicago, very similar to Kansas City. And uh, those uh, church buildings were taken over by Hispanic and African-American churches. And uh, God really brought about a spirit of wanting to, of unity between these churches, that there had always been segre segregation and division. And so Christ Community was birthed, or excuse me, Christ Together was birthed out of that vision. And, um, and so out of this, the church is working together. There's an African Methodist Episcopal pastor uh, that uh, came to the Christ Together meetings, and he enlightened us on something that was going on in, in his community, and that was uh, a food desert that existed that a lot of his members struggled with um, heart disease, blood pressure, um, cancer, and a lot of that had to do with access to healthy foods in a grocery store in particular. There's no grocery stores uh, within about mm, 10 miles of his church. And, um, and so out of this uh, birth, this idea of these churches coming together and developing the Mana Garden Project um, in which uh, uh, suburban and urban churches linked arms and started community gardens and then also started a, a farmer's market out of this uh, AME church uh, in the urban core. And it was a really neat opportunity to see God's uh, shalom uh, brought to our city um, because of, um, yeah, partnership of, of these churches and of these believers coming together. And in the process, uh, kind of an unintended consequence was uh, a lot of others, other people and organizations started to realize the good work that was being done. And uh, uh, partnerships started forming in some unlikely places with city government, um, partnerships formed with uh, the county parks department. And so we really, uh, a guiding passage for us in really uh, seeking the wholeness and completeness of our city uh, was really found in Jeremiah 29, uh, four through seven, and I'll read it briefly. This is what the Lord uh, God Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace the shalom and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And this was really guiding um, for Christ together, and I think for all of us as believers, is, you know, in this passage, uh, Jeremiah is pastoring a group of, of Israelites that are taken out of their, taken out of the promised land, brought into Babylon, and they're being told, these enemies, these people that live so far different from God's people, they're called to bless them, to build into their cities, to build into these Babylonian cities, and really seek the shalom, the wholeness, and the peace of these cities. And so that was really uh, 
uh, powerful for, for me and for the organization. And I think it is for us today that we can be uh, seeking and engaging and really seeking the peace of those very different from ourselves. Well, for our last a story of Shalom, I wanted to introduce you to one of the most amazing, legit, incredible, throw in whatever adjective that's really good, people I know. Uh, this is SIU. Can everyone say hi to SIU? So, so SIU is amazing. Um, SIU actually uh, works for Merge Ministries, and as many of you know, um, Hillcrest is a sending church, and, and we have all sorts of missions, partnerships all over the world, and Merge Ministries is one of those partnerships. And for I don't know how many years, Hillcrest has been sending on a yearly basis different uh, youth teams to all different places partnering with Merge. And, and most recently, um, we um, set up a partnership with SIU uh, in Nicaragua. That's where SIU lives, and he's from, and his wife Heather is here as well. And so, SIU, I wanted to know if you could just talk a little bit with, um, with a little bit um, about maybe even back before you even started working for Merge, how God's peace got a hold of your heart. And we'll kind of get into what that led to in a second. Well, talking about that, my name is SIU, and... I'm happy to be here. I'm almost nervous, and, but I will try to talk to you and tell you a little bit about my story. And that take back when I was uh, 14 years old, I, where we live, and he knows, it's, uh, we live by the beach, and I started surfing when I was 14. And that took me like really, really far away from the relationship that I had with God. And one day after a surf contest, I went back to my parents' house and my mom was crying. And I was like, mom, what's going on? Are you okay? And she was like, I just felt that I needed to pray for you. And I mean, the kind of life that I had, I realized that I was hurting my family. I was hurting my mom. Mm -hmm. I was hurting my dad. And I was like, this is, this is not okay. If I'm hurting my mom and I'm hurting my family, what I'm doing is not good. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I, I don't wanna keep surfing anymore. And I was about 23 years old when I decided not to stop surfing. And so I sent emails to my sponsors and one of them was uh, Bilabon and they, I sent them an email, and I never got a response back from them, but I stopped getting their support, so I know they got my email. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I mean, I was getting surfboards and all the stuff, and I gave that away and, because I wanted to make my mom happy and my family happy. And I started working in a library, and then I met this guy. Hang on, hang on, time out. So you went from a professional surfer to a librarian? Yes. No offense to librarians if there's any librarians in here. So yeah. God got a hold of your heart and, he, and you were willing to give everything up for him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. keep talking. And because I, the lifestyle that I had, it wasn't mm -hmm. the best one for a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so I gave that up and I started working in, in the library. And I was like, okay, a new beginning. 
And that's where I met my wife. And thanks God that I went to the library because I met my <laughs> wife. And yeah, and then I met this guy and he started talking to me about going to the beach and surfing and he was like, why did you stop surfing? And, and then he started talking to me about Jesus, about God. And I was like, wait, how come can you talk to me about surfing and also about Jesus? And he explained to me that Jesus loves us the way we are. It doesn't matter what we do or what sport we, we, we practice. And I start going back to the beach again to surf, but not just to surf, to study the Bible. Mm. And that's how I found my peace because surfing is what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And also now I know that every time I go to, to the beach, I know that I'm not hurting my family because mm -hmm. I go to the beach and I hang out with kids and we sit on the beach and we study the Bible. And so we're doing things different. Yeah. And it, it's my peaceful place. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so before, when, when you felt like, I mean, when, when God's peace came over your life and your mom really spoke into you, am I right in remembering your story that you didn't really know of anyone in the surfing community that even knew the Lord? Is no. that right? No. And then God called you back into that life of surfing and into a group of people that you certainly knew, yeah. but they didn't know this side of you. Yeah. How, how, did, how did God speak through you? And, and talk about like what, what, your, what the ministry that you started, Christian Surfers, has, has done in the lives of surfers in coming to know Christ. In Latin America, it's very... Uh, it's very different, and if you have something before God, you can now be a Christian. And I had my surfing that it was my thing. And so I, when I start going to the beach with the pastor, which is a guy from Huntington Beach, uh, I mean, we start talking to the kids and the kind of life that I had, it wasn't, it's not something that I'm proud of, but it's amazed, it, it amazed me how God used that negative thing mm -hmm. of my life into something positive. Because they saw the change. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. and now the kids that knew who I was mm -hmm. and the way I was, now they see the change mm -hmm. on who I am now. And yeah. so it's, it's, like a, it's like an example for them. Mm -hmm. And people can understand and can see that you don't, you don't have to dress really nice to go to church or mm -hmm. to study the Bible. Not that that's a bad thing, by the way, but just... Yeah, because we're, <laughs> yeah. when we study the Bible, I mean, we are at the beach yeah. and we are with shorts and yeah. t-shirts and mm -hmm. you, you saw it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's how we do it. That's... Yeah. That's how God is using something negative yeah. of my life into something positive. Right. And, and so it, have you it, seen people change their life and ex have the same experience with Christ that you had? Not just people. The whole Christian community, community in my town. Mm -hmm. Because now, as a Christian surfers group, uh, we have something called Day of the Bible that we celebrate in our town. And now, as a Christian group, we are accepted to participate in this, which 
it's it's a huge thing yeah, for awesome. the Christian community. That's awesome. So it's just it's amazing to see. I had the privilege of going down to Nicaragua in April to meet with SIUD, and, and we can't wait to bring teams down there to partner with what they're doing. And we actually got to sit on the beach and, and hang out and actually do a Bible study with these kids and hear their stories of how God's peace, God's shalom, has taken a hold of their life and has literally changed their life forever. And so we're really, really thankful for that. So thank you, SIUD, for, for sharing. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks. So here's my question for all of us. What is your story? We've heard four stories today, and certainly God spoke through all four of them. We've taken communion together. We've sang songs. God's spirit is here, and he's working. And so my question for you and for me is, what's our story? What's God doing in our life? And, and how can that peace that God gives us be something that, that we don't hold to ourselves, but that it gets shared with other people? My prayer is that when we leave here, we don't leave here saying we did our Sunday thing, but we leave here feeling called to go where God has called us to go, whether it's at work, whether it's vacation this week, whether it's friends, family, whatever we do, may it all be done unto the, unto the Lord, because he's the one that gets the glory, the honor, and praise. Amen? Amen. So let me pray for us as we, as we leave. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for everyone that's here, and God, I thank you for your peace. And, and, and Lord, your peace that, as Scripture says, passes all understanding. God, may that be a part of our life this week. God, may your peace inspire us to go places that we would never go on our own. May your peace get a hold of our hearts. And in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of doubt, Lord, may your peace rule the day. And may we experience, God, what it means to have life with you to the fullest. So God, send us out. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.